0: Hi, I'm Carol Ann. And I'm Kelly. And this is an experiment called Making Space. And the reason we started this is because I realized in our world today how difficult it is to have friendships and do life um, because there's such differences between people. The reason I realized Making Space was important um, really came after the election and seeing so many people fighting. And the reason you're here, Kelly, is because you had this wonderful post on Facebook that talked about how you needed to give people room and to make space. Do you remember that?
1: A little bit vaguely. I kind of went back and checked it out. I was not embarrassed of myself for, and you know, it's a change. I'm very good at embarrassing myself, but I think putting myself out there in that kind of way, it was taken by several people in unexpected ways very unexpected ways. Um, a couple of friends were like, how could you say that? How could I say such a loving thing? That's interesting. Yeah. Other friends are like, oh yeah, I understand what you're saying, but do we make space for these people too? And these people in my, some of my friends' minds were Democrats and other friends in their minds, the friends were Republicans. They couldn't understand how I was friends with both. Wow. And that was interesting to me. Because those people have always existed on my Facebook at the same time together.
0: Yeah. And I think we have a culture that creates a lot of those people Mm -hmm. in our lives and others. And you do a great job of bringing all others into your friendships and embracing them at the same time.
1: It's not always been that way. I've not always been as welcoming to others as I am now which is still not perfect, right? Cuz yeah. we're all a work in progress. There was a time when I only had friends like me. Mm. And there were times also that I had no friends.
0: <laughs>
1: well, that's changed. So, now I have a lot I have a lot of friends, but a lot of really different friends from a lot of really different places. And some of them some of my friends from Facebook have been people that I don't really even know very well that I've met in places that have just kind of stuck and decided to come along for the ride, whether they knew what they were doing at the (laughs) time or not. So it's fun. I like, I really love social media for that very thing because people can surprise you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I have found that it's really valuable for me to have friends that think differently because it, Forces me to think differently and to look at things through um, a different perspective and and put a different spin on reality that I wouldn't see unless I had someone who brought their wisdom and insight into my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also a challenge. Um, And today we have a guest on the podcast who is my mom. And when I thought about making space in my life and the history of why that's important. Um, the first person that came to my mind was my mom, and um, I'll let her introduce herself in a moment. But growing up, we always had uh, a house full of people, and that was part of of how I grew up. And I will let you
2: introduce yourself. Yeah, just jump in. <laughs> my name is Pat, and uh, uh, I was Born in Chattanooga, but raised in Memphis, and that's where Carol Ann was born. And I always felt like when we, when my, my husband and I purchased our second house, I wanted it big enough to uh, have guests come, uh, whether it was family or whether it was somebody else. And and so we bought the house, and we had a lot of family come to visit. And that was really what I wanted, and someone uh, pointed out to me. and cross-stitched for me, let me live in the house by the side of the road and be a friend of man. And that always kind of fit what I wanted to do. And was it always easy? No, it it wasn't always easy, but uh, I can't say that I'm sorry that I did any of it. Uh, Our first guest that was not family was a girl who I I did not know and uh, learned about her through someone at church and she had been in an auto accident uh, and was not close to her family and she was put in the hospital and she came out with two foot-to-hip casts on both legs. And so uh, they wanted someone to take her and care for her and so we volunteered to do that. And that was my first introduction to a house guest.
1: (laughs) A house guest that you weren't familiar with at all before
2: no did not know her did not know her till she came to my house and uh, uh, you know we fixed her room up downstairs where she didn't have to go up down steps because she couldn't go up down the steps and uh, she had to be lifted out of bed to go anywhere
1: so what was it like having basically a stranger in your house that you suddenly had to have intimate care for like did you have a background in nursing or anything of the kind that would help you with that kind of care of a, another human being
2: no I did not uh, and I don't really know why I volunteered to do it but it never bothered me it was uh, she was a very very nice young lady I probably early 20s and uh uh, we had a good rapport the whole time she was there. So it was in the summertime, so I would get her up and take her. She liked to lay out in the sun, so I'd get her down the back steps and put her out, and she would lay out in the sun. Sun. And I guess she ate with us and everything. I, I don't recall that much. That was almost 50 years ago.
0: And then growing up, we had several people live with us while even while I was a young toddler through high school and even college when I lived at home
2: that's right that's right we had uh, we had our, our first one was one of your babysitters who we got to know really well and she stayed about two and a half months and then we took in another girl who had uh been recommended we our family had been recommended as a place for her to stay and uh Uh, She was from Iowa and was allergic to corn, so they moved her to Memphis where she could be allergic to everything growing in the South. And uh, (laughs) so...
0: That one didn't work out as well on my side of the the line. It was... No. It felt a little awkward.
2: It it was. She was very, very different. Looking back now, I think maybe she was a little depressed. uh, And she struggled. Uh, She struggled to get along with us, and she struggled to get along with other people but she's, you know, she was welcome to stay there. And some people fit into the family and some people do not. The next person that we had was a friend of a sister of the first person we had. And she was gonna come stay a couple of weeks while she found a job, and she ended up staying two and a half years. And she was fun. She was, I think, a delight for Carol Ann because they would Play games together and work puzzles together, and and they just had a a good time. So she just fit right in, and still calls me mom. Yeah. Today
0: you just became a mom to many people. I did. And now I introduce you as mom. (laughs)
2: That's my name. Yeah. That's the only name I know. So then the next person was uh, uh, really a different person because we took in a guy, and uh, he was about a year older than Carolyn, Ann, and uh, he stayed about oh, mm, probably six months, maybe, because uh, he did not want to, his family moved and he did not want to move, he wanted to finish out the school year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carol and him were really just like brother and sister. Uh, they didn't agree a lot, and I won't say they thought, but so, mm. Go
0: ahead. So you've shared several examples of making space in your home. Um, how is that translated to making space for people who have differences or different lifestyles, different opinions in your, your personal
2: life? Oh, or does it translate? I don't know. I guess where I saw that I could get along with almost anybody was when I had the business. I had a cross-stitch business, and... Uh, Uh, Had it for five years, and I had all different sorts of people come into my shop. And we put, in the middle of the shop, we put a big table with chairs, and people would just come in and sit to visit. And they might bring their lunch and eat. A lot of times they'd bring what they were working on and they would sit and talk and i made close friends with a lot of people i have no clue what background they were democrat republican what church they belonged to or didn't belong to any and so the door was just always open it had to be open for business but it was open to whoever wanted to come in and sit and chat or whatever Uh, i don't recall any kind of arguments or any kind of uh displeasure or anything happening with the people
1: that came in, we they were just welcome. I was I was just thinking the other day. I was like, listening to things about um, people who are still involved with QAnon, even though QAnon's really kind of not a well-led thing anymore. And they were talking about their story and how, yes, they they clicked links because they were curious, but they stayed because they felt accepted. Mm-hmm. And in the absence of true spaces like yours to, for people to connect, there's just like a big old black hole of, you know, well, the internet for one thing, but of a real lack of places for people to belong. Yeah. And when you don't have that belonging belonging and you're untethered, it's just like, it's sad. It is. Because, and I hope that someone who's from that hears this, you belong here. You belong in a place where we can talk about things like this and you can understand what happened to your community. That was a community that you belonged to and maybe you still belong there, you're still clinging to the people, but the truth isn't there, right? Yeah. So where do you go to look for truth? Someplace where people make space for you.
2: Well, don't you think that that's the reason that we have the problem of gangs? Is people join a gang so they can belong somewhere to a group. They want to be
0: accepted by somebody right. to be understood, right? To be heard, and seen.
1: I mean, I think belonging is an age-old problem. Like native tribes to different places, people who belonged and who didn't belong. Everybody once must have belonged to one tribe, right, or one place, and then something happened, and then something happened that caused animosity.
0: Yeah, and how do you bridge that gap once once you don't belong? It's hard. It takes a lot of humility
1: and hard work.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not easy to make space for people. I mean, you've talked about it in the physical realm of someone who's in a body cast that can't move. But it's also hard in the emotional, social realm.
2: Yes. I think you and I both are aware of coming from an a area of the country that this is very evident of the difference that's put out there. It's us and them. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's us and them, it's never going to be we all. And that's one thing I've always that I've always valued about
0: my home life and growing up is that there was always a place at the table where you could invite someone to. And it didn't matter who they were. If they didn't have a place to eat for Thanksgiving, they were welcome. And I don't see that as much in, in life now. And it's interesting that you brought up the tribes and, and how... belonging has always been a problem because I see the truth in that but I see how much closer we all live to each other now Mm -hmm. and how society is more populated but yet we belong less Mm -hmm. there seems to be greater divides between groups even though geographically
1: we're closer and communication is so much faster and so much easier but harder at the same time getting your point really to cross in the way that you angle it the way that you're saying it, the way that you mean it, people don't always get it. They don't.
0: We don't have a lot of grace for, for people and language. And I was realizing this last week. I was talking to someone and they were offended by a term. And I can't even remember what the term was. But it was something, if I if I dialed this back and I used a different word, you would be okay with that. You wouldn't be angry at me right now. But because I use this term that triggered an anger response, there's just this lack of grace with giving people time to express themselves and their hearts, even if they use words that maybe aren't my words, maybe aren't my language, but I can give them time to hear their heart rather than just reacting to a statement. And I think it—I think that's hard. I think you're right that that's hard to do.
1: I think even punctuation is limiting at times. Like a different friend was upset with me because I used several exclamation points after thoughts. And it wasn't the exclamation point, but she took it to mean an order, whereas I was like, let's get this done. I'm excited. I'm excited about this. I'm in the moment, therefore, exclamation, which she took differently than that. And I was like, well, you also have to think of my context and, you know, who I am. And you're my friend and you've experienced me. Mm-hmm. If you have not experienced me, it's okay. <laughs> If you know me, and you know my heart, and you know what I'm dealing with, and why I'd be upset about something, and why I'd want it to get done, then you shouldn't be concerned about my enthusiasm. Yeah. You should be like, oh, that's Kelly. She's doing exactly what that's in character for her, instead of how that's feeling inside of her. Yeah. But because I know what's happening in her context, oh, I'm sorry that made you feel that way, but I'm not going to take it back. Yeah.
2: Well, I think we don't really know each other. We think we know each other, but we don't really know each other. Huh. Social media has oh,
0: proven that. When I just think in the example that Kelly just shared of how, how I want to be a friend who someone can come to if they're offended by something I say mm-hmm. and talk it out. Rather than just unfriend or move on, right? Um, and you know, at least she was able to say this hurt, and this is why. At least come to you with that, and mm-hmm. and let there be some conversation about it. Because I think so often we just, the minute we disagree, let's shut down conversation and relationship, unfriend, whatever, and move on. And I don't think that that's beneficial
1: mm-hmm. for anybody. No, I think the unfriend is is a tool that needs to be used very, very carefully. Yeah. Because what are you saying to someone that you disagree with, that you have agreements with? I agree with her about lots of things. The fact that she disagreed with my enthusiasm one day doesn't make her less my friend. She might not be happy with me. And the fact that I hurt her doesn't sit well with me. But at the same time, I don't feel like it's a deal relationship breaker, you know? Yeah. And it should take a lot to break up friendships not a little.
0: I agree. And I I think one of the values that I have is to have friends that are very different from me because I don't want to ever be so proud that to say I can't be wrong. And if I don't continue to listen to other viewpoints and other values other than my own, then, then I'm saying I can't be wrong. Yeah, I'm right. And I know I'm right and you're wrong and you're out of here. And I I don't want to live that way. I want to always walk in the humility of I could I could really be wrong. yeah, and please show me and let's learn from this together if I am. you know. And unfriending someone or ending a relationship because we don't agree just seems arrogant to me in a
1: way. arrogant and and or unwilling, which can be arrogance itself, but it, it's also just like some people are unwilling without haughtiness, you know. Mm -hmm. and the haughtiness is hard to overlook yeah but some people are just like unwilling to change and that's not in itself a bad thing no does denote a lack of open-mindedness at times
0: well and something you said earlier makes me rethink what I just said which is a good thing right but people change and grow at different paces and times and To give them space, and space not only meaning physical space, but time Mm -hmm. to change and time to react and time to process their emotions. Because I may be a flamethrower with my emotions, and someone may have to sit in their emotions for a while um, before they're able to express them.
1: Well, and I think we have to be careful with people. Like, flamethrowers are not bad things. They get rid of things really fast sometimes, things that are dangerous to environments, things that are dangerous to... You know safety at the same time some flamethrowers need to learn how to dial down their flame a little and I'm not specifically speaking so. <laughs> but because um, I've been that person too and what I've kind of learned about it is silence and going about your own way Can often change minds way more than screaming at them Mm -hmm. because you were talking about humility before and there have been people who've thrown words at me and that are just not true the more I argue with them the more true their words sound to other people Mm. so the less I say and the more I do to disprove what they say the better off I am but to do that without without haughtiness without I'm going to show them. You know, you've got to do it out of authenticity.
0: With compassion. And,
1: yeah. But give, like, yeah. it's it's so easy to just say, well, let's just give them space to be themselves and see what happens. And then there's a whole other thing to, like, actually live it and do it. You know, unless people are dangerous, there's there's no reason not to give them time.
0: Yeah. Have you seen that, Mom, in, in your <laughs> yeah. life of giving... People time, and and what the change that that can happen.
2: Well, yeah, I've done it myself, not giving people time to change. So as I've gotten older, it's uh, I've grown, but I've had to grow. But, you know, I've wanted to change people. It doesn't work. Mainly me, right? <laughs> <laughs> you tried
0: for forty something years to get me yeah. to change did isn't happen.
2: but no. uh, yeah, I can remember, you know, uh, just hoping that people would change and trying every way in the world to make them change, and, and it just doesn't work.
0: But here's, here's where I was going with that question. Have okay. you seen where you've given people time and space and seen God change them when you couldn't?
2: I will say yes, because I probably have, but right and I can't think of any particular time. There you go. <laughs> That's fair. Well, it's honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do we think those people have changed, or has our opinion of them and our, our, like, observation of them changed?
2: I've wondered if it's me that has changed.
1: I know, right? Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: So I don't really know if they've changed as much as I have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had conflicts with people and I'm like I wonder did they change or did my, my position change yeah when I think
0: that the more we come to know people who aren't like us and the more we see their perspective the more we can have empathy and understand and probably the closer our opinions become over time um, just because we can find the commonality and grow to appreciate another, another viewpoint and another side of the same
2: life. And sometimes when you differ with somebody, the difference is not that monumental, and you know shouldn't ruin a friendship or, or whatever. It's uh, maybe some small disagreement or misalignment, and after time, it it fades away. It's not as important
1: that you're different. Yeah. When you walk around the block, like, once a day for 50 years, mm-hmm. the block changes every day. But it's so slow, you don't really notice, That's right? right? That's right. But if you go away, and you come back and walk around the block, you're like, oh, the block has changed. <laughs> 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 but, it. it and it has, but also the perspective that you enter into the, the walker on the block changes too. Mm-hmm. So time does things to individuals and it does things to like the world and the moments change and the things that are happening in those moments get further away or closer mm-hmm. because things get hotter or they get colder. Very rarely do things like just maintain the same heat, Right. Yeah. Something happens, mm-hmm. there's a boiling point, or it freezes out, and you're just done. How do you last until it's done?
0: Good question. In
1: either direction, how do you last?
0: How do you maintain that connection? I think it takes work. Yeah? I don't think it's easy.
2: What I think is interesting, just sitting here talking, the three of us, how you verbalize so differently than even Carol and and I do. And yet you're saying the same things, but you're just coming at it totally, to me, from a different direction. And it's very interesting. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I agree with you, but I would have never, ever thought of saying it that way. And that, that, to me, is what happens when you get together with people that you don't know and you give them a, a safe place to be able to express what they feel.
0: And I think that that was what I dreamed that this podcast would be, would be a safe place at the table mm-hmm. for me to talk because a lot of my friends are different. And then, you know, then I met Kelly and Kelly's a safe place and, and I love that she comes from things from a different perspective. To come to a, a safe place together to to really create a place for other people to talk and for other people to feel like they belong and are apart and are heard and seen and and figure out how to better have these conversations across differences and through differences and around them so that we can stay with walking around the block and stay, I forget how you put it, you put it so well, Of with both things at the same time. <laughs>
2: Well, we found this out even in the, in the book groups that we meet uh, at the church building. Um, people come in there and they're from all different ways, even though they're Christians like us, they're from different backgrounds. And you, you read something and one person will comment on what they got out of it, and you might not have ever gotten that out of it. So it's just, a, it, that too is a safe place. to be able to express yourself
1: Yeah, I think the best places don't react to ideas Mm -hmm. that come from others immediately they respond but they don't react
2: and there's a difference
1: and it's a huge difference right? yes because everything Uh I've ever done as a reaction I've had some regrets about Mm. responding though Really taking a second, even if it's just one second, a breath in and a breath out, I've made better choices mm. to respond than to react. That's powerful. It's really powerful. And I didn't come up with it on my own. Took a lot of tra- training, like five to seven years of it.
0: <laughs> but it works in every relationship with your kids, with your spouse with your parents. Right? Well, and it, it comes back to making space. I mean, I know my mom made a lot of space for me to have different opinions at a young age, and I know that that probably was painful at times because my opinions were at right angles to her. Um, but she gave me the space and the freedom to become and be who I am, and it has been a journey. Um, sometimes a rocky one, sometimes uphill, and sometimes um, down, the, down, down down the steps. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> down the steps. Um, there's some stories there, <laughs> um, but it you know it it has been a beneficial journey, I think, for both of us.
2: Mm-hmm. But, I know I've grown,
0: but only because you gave me space to be who I am, and that allowed me to give you space to be who you
2: are. That's true. I agree.
0: Yay. We should end and on seems, agreement. And it seems
2: group. like the older we get, the, the clearer that
1: becomes.
0: Yeah.
1: I to whistle. Hang on. I have to think. Oh, I've got one. Putting me on the spot. What's your favorite quote of all time?
0: Of all time. That's a stretch. I have my favorite quote for today.
1: Favorite quote for today. What is it?
0: (laughs) It's from The Science of Being Great. The world needs demonstration more than it needs instruction.
1: That's awesome. I agree with that.